You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your message while become known as an authority in your field? Industry Thought Leader Podcast will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Industry Thought Leader Podcast brought to you by Industry Thought Lead Academy. Stand out, be heard and influence. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, we have got an incredible guest with an even more incredible topic. So stick around if pricing your services is something that you are struggling with. Now, my guest today says that changing your pricing is the fastest way to change the bottom line of your business. Now, this is not just his opinion. It is an accounting fact. And joining me on today's show is John Ray. He is the president of Ray Business Advisors. And he says, because pricing is the fastest way to change the profitability of your business, he advises business owners on how to charge or change their pricing and make more money. Now, his clients include attorneys, CPAs, consultants, other professional service providers, as well as technology companies. And his blog, Pricing for Profit, regularly features examples and stories which help business owners in their own pricing journey. And he's also a speaker on pricing on numerous uh, chambers, business events and seminars. And now, of course, today on the Industry Thought Leader Academy or podcast. So John also helps small to mid-sized companies, so achieve their profit and growth goals as an outside CFO. He owns the North Fulton studio of Business Radio X and he hosts North Fulton Business Radio and he interviews the top top businesses and community leaders in that area. Now on today's show, grab a pen and paper because this is what John is going to share. How to focus on changing your pricing for the better, he says, is the best investment of your time that you can make in your business. He's going to talk about how clients aren't price sensitive they are value sensitive, as well as pricing sends signals to clients, to potential clients, it's signals of quality and um, people are ringing in, John already going, tell us, tell us more. But hang on a minute, signals of quality and signals of inferiority. So my question to you is, which are you signaling to potential clients? And so much more. Welcome to the show, John. Oh, it's great to be with you, Anne-Marie. I'm so delighted to be with you and all my other friends in Australia. This is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And of course, we're streaming live. Um, if you do have a particular question, we don't do this often, but if you do have a question, please leave a comment below. If we don't get to it, I'm sure John uh, will be able to, to circle back, particularly on LinkedIn. Here on the other platforms, you can add your comments and I will bring them into the show as we get to that area. Um, but John, this is an area that many, many business struggle with. Even people who have decades of expertise and experience, when you start talking about pricing, it brings up a lot of issues, doesn't it? Oh, no question about it. And and I got passionate about this, Anne-Marie, because I had my struggles. So, you know, and you go and try to figure out what's wrong. You, you're working too hard for too little money. Um, and and you're, you're thinking it's, I don't have enough leads or I don't have, don't convert enough. And what you what I ultimately figured out, my problem is pricing, it, it, you know, was pricing and, and it's, mm -hmm. it's, 
it's something I had to tackle myself. When I go to try to find solutions for that, uh, there's just not a lot around. Mm. And so I had to do a lot of work on my own to get a lot of training uh, mm -hmm. to really figure this out for my own practice uh, and my own work with clients. And that's one reason I got passionate about it. And of course, you know, I, I saw clients who were struggling with it themselves. Mm -hmm. So it just, it just made so much sense to really dig into it and try to help business owners with this problem. Yeah, absolutely. Because being, an, as you said, an external CFO, you know, there are a number of ways that we can impact our bottom line, increase the number of clients we serve, perhaps increase the number of leads. You know, if you've got a potential or a, a conversion rate, more leads means more clients. But one of the most impactful areas is to increase pricing and one of the biggest barriers is not as, as we're going to dive into it's not the price sensitivity of clients but how are you showcasing that and if you're feeling awkward about it and kind of you know stumbling over the topic it's going to show does isn't it in the confidence and people you're not giving them confidence to invest if you're unable to confidently have that conversation yes oh no no doubt so several things there. I mean, one that we have to say, and you, you let off with it uh, at the top of the show is, you know, this is an accounting fact that pricing is the fastest way to change your bottom line. This is not my opinion. Um, if you look at the impact of uh, pricing versus uh, re reducing your expenses versus uh, increasing your uh, uh, leads and conversions, it, any number of ways to change your bottom line, changing your pricing is the fastest way to change your bottom line. So let's get that, get that out there. We can bore everyone with the accounting, but if they want to argue with me about it later, they can do that. But mm -hmm. I think that's fairly clear. And I think people that make these changes in their business see that. Um, I think you really hit on something too about confidence. It's really important. So when we're talking about, um, pricing we're we're we've got to talk about what we're thinking internally and and some of that self-talk that we have that can really talk us down into terms of hey nobody's going to pay that price um and there's an old saying is you know quit trying to sell to yourself because that's not the person buying uh you know there's others that see sometimes more value in what you're offering than you see yourself. And I think that's really the key to get to is what kind of value do clients see themselves in what you do? Not just tangible value, but intangible value. Mm -hmm. I remember, uh, John, hearing a, a story, and you might have heard this, and I'm sure you've got many that you share with clients, and it's about a mechanic, and someone brings a car in and says, look, there's, I've got issues with the car, I've tried everything, can you help me? And, you know, the, lifted up the lid of the, the lid, you know, the boot, not the boot, you know, the other side of right. the car, I'm not a mechanic, um, and kind of fiddle around with everything, grabbed a hammer, bang, and all of a sudden the car went, and they said their price. They go, well, you're only there for a couple of minutes. Yes, but it took years of experienced for me to be able to know exactly where to hit and that's very often what we neglect isn't it the years of experience because we can save our clients time heartache money 
all of that, speak about some of the common things that you see with your clients that they forget to include as and realize the significance and the value they offer because of that experience. What are some of the, the common ahas that you see people have when you start to work through them with this? Well, I, I, I make a real extreme statement to kind of shock people. Uh, I, I like to tell uh, professional service, services advisors that ultimately no one cares about your content. Now, your content, you know, uh, uh, in quote, is uh, if you're a uh, accountant, that's your ability to file tax returns and, and, and give advice on taxes. If you're an attorney or a lawyer, that's your uh, knowledge of the legal code. You know, if, if that's, um, uh, you know, if you're a consultant, it's your content area. Ultimately, people don't care about your content. Now, that's an overstatement. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to get people to think about is the reasons why they keep doing business with you and why you get referred. I, I'll give you an example. I was with a business owner here recently, and he was having trouble with his partner they're 50 50 partners and his partner you know seems to have some some things going on that are really causing him to make bad decisions don't know if it's a mental health problem or what it is but the point of the story is he's in business with a partner that suddenly he's worried about and he's thinking we've got to liquidate this business mm -hmm. and so how are you going to do that with a 50 50 partner where you both have to agree well, I talked to him who, about who is the, their trusted advisor that both of them look to that can walk them through, take them on this journey uh, that both of them trust. And he, what he got around to was his CPA. Hmm. Well, you know, his accountant. And so that accountant suddenly is extraordinarily valuable to those two business owners not because of his, his, what he grew up learning and what is all his um, experience would lead you to believe is most important, which is his knowledge of taxes and his knowledge of income statements and balance sheets. It's his ability to deal with people, to deal with people with very different personalities and bring them to a mediation point that's good for both of them. And those are highly intangible values that suddenly that owner, that business owner, uh, those two business owners uh, see a lot of value in. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd imagine it's 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 identifying that, being very clear yeah. about the added value, um, the fact sure. that you might be able to recite and repeat back every single policy and all of that. That's great, but how's it going to benefit my business? You need to be very succinct and clear. So with the clarity, it's very important too, but we've got to be able to position it in a very value-added way. Do you find that many of your the, the clients struggle with with that too is how they're communicating that to their potential client well yeah and so part of it uh emory i think is understanding that different clients have different values mm. so you know if we're if you want to talk about communication for a second different clients communicate differently so you know if i may have a client that likes to text likes to communicate that way and if i can't communicate that way back then I've got a problem, mm. right? Because it's the client that's the 
that's the king here that's buying the service and that's what they value they value that form of communication and i've got some clients that they just like it the old-fashioned way on the phone and that's okay too uh the point is understanding what clients value and um and understanding that not all clients are a good fit so you know there's some clients that uh, for example uh, you know, telling on myself, I'm not real good at chasing people. You know, if, if, if I need to chase you, we're probably not a good fit um, because I'm not real good at chasing you down for what I need to, to, to work for you and do the best I can for you. So, um, so if, if I get into a relationship like that, I, I need to know that, you know, it's not a good fit and I'm really not hitting, um, I'm not going to do the best for you. So understanding that different clients have different values. They have different characteristics. Um, they some value some of the things we offer more than others and understanding that's really important. Yeah. What would be some ways for someone to recognize that? I mean, obviously having a very, um, a clear guideline or intake form when you're still in the process process of identifying the the needs and 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 the expectations of a client is this a good fit what other areas do you find uh, businesses can implement and then it enables them to be able to uncover what are some of the maybe maybe hidden things that when you once know and you incorporate that into your conversation can be the difference between a client going, yeah, no, and hey, this person, he understands me or she understands me and I can see the real value that I could achieve through working with him or her. Well, the you know, the the I guess the given term for this is of having a value conversation. Mm-hmm. Um you know, in, in real language, that's, that's asking a lot of why questions, you know, why are we having this conversation? Why is it so crucial that you called me today with this problem? Why is this problem on the front of your mind? Um, why don't you solve it yourself? You know, why me? Uh, why me? I'm expensive. You see how Mm. I threw that in there? Uh, (laughs) That's a little pricing thing. Um, You know, all those why questions are really important. Um, You know, why, how will this impact your business? Uh, And how will this impact your personal life? You know, why is this so important? Mm. What does your spouse think or your significant other think about this? Boy, that's a good one to get into. Get into a lot of those kind of questions. And what you will find is it will help you get to some of those intangibles that go well beyond the reason that they originally called you. Mm. And, and those intangibles are often a lot more important yes. than, than the original reason for the contact. Yeah. People often will say, and it's so true if you put your, you know, your consumer hat on, that they will buy from that emotion. And if you've spent time with someone who has really helped you unpack not only the the cost of doing something and, and what you're going to be able to achieve of it, but the cost of not doing something. And when you start to really look at it from a holistic point of view, you recognise that it's not just, hey, we want to part ways, if you use that example of the partnership, but if we don't get this sorted out in the best win-win opportunity, then that is going to impact how we move forward. 
Do you find that many business owners don't spend enough time in this area to really unpack those intangibles, as you've called them, which could really end up being what solidifies that relationship? And the yes, I want to work with you. Absolutely. And I find out when I find when when a client says it's too expensive, mm. then that's a failure on our part, mine or whoever, to have a good value conversation. Because what that means is they don't understand the value that's being offered. So mm. um, that's just a little tip there. If we get to that point with a client and they say it's too exp expensive, think about that conversation we've had. Um, yes. And, and whether it's it's really been getting at that those that value, it's really important to understand, as you said, um, both tangible and intangible cost. And intangible cost are really priceless. So yeah. using the example uh, that we've been talking about, you know, avoiding legal uh, fighting is not just legal cost; it's years mm -hmm. and years of fighting that that destroyed not only the value of the business but really destroyed people personally and yes. and here at the end of their careers they really want to get involved in that um these two business owners happen to be family members so imagine getting into a fight and tearing your family up and mm -hmm. um that's the kind of thing you really get into and say let's talk about what the what the downside of this is if we don't solve this problem and and suddenly the the value the, that client sees the value in really good mediation of these of these issues that they're having and your ability to price that uh, service and price that project that ability goes way up Yes, it does. And, yeah. uh, you know, you said uh, at the end of that conversation, someone might say, look, it's it's too expensive. Is it salvageable at that stage? Because I tell you why I asked that, and I'm sure other people are thinking, oh, yes, I've been across the table. And you kind of want to slink away, don't you? Because as a service-based business, sometimes we can take that personally. And yes. one of the things that I've learned from many of my mentors in this area is don't take it personally because right. you haven't just taken through that journey. So how would you be able to turn that around if someone has gone through the conversation um, and has said, look, really is way out of what, what my budget was. What can we do to, to uh, continue the conversation? Well, uh, so first of all, I, you're, you're so right. The client has done you a favor if they tell you this, mm -hmm. because so many clients maybe respond by not responding and you never know what the problem is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a problem because you're not getting a response, but uh, in this case, you, you've got some actionable intelligence, you know, mm. shall we say. Um, here's one way to respond. Uncomfortable silence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, si so silence. You're waiting for that follow-up. That follow-up <laughs> yeah. is really just, what we're thinking. <laughs> yeah. Just that little pause that we just had in our conversation. Just ha that there was a little uncomfortableness that got mm -hmm. in there because like what happened? And uh, so that's one way is, is yeah. create some, some uncomfortable pauses and, and because the other person will want to end that silence. Mm. Um, you know, another way is to say too expensive relative to what? Yeah. I like that. You know, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, yeah. Too expensive relative to you doing it yourself or maybe you've talked to someone else or, 
Tell me more about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, if here's another one is is talking about the difference between price and value. You know, if 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 we take price out of it, has what I proposed really hit on the solution to your problem? Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe what they come back with is no, you really hadn't hit the solutions yet, Mm. you know, and they're talking about it being too expensive because they really don't want to get into, maybe there's something that's Mm. hidden there that you haven't uncovered in a value conversation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, you're right. Don't get mad. Don't get angry. Don't get upset. Um, They've done you a favor and take advantage of that. And sometimes it's salvageable, if you just um, respond with um, wanting to know more. Yeah. And I like that because, you know, by just unpacking and, and being willing to go a little bit deeper, you empower both you and the other person in that. Because I think even from a point of view, if, if you're the, the potential purchaser, it's too expensive. It's disempowering really, isn't it? But if you're able to unpack it and go a bit deeper, you might identify, look, there is so much value and I'd love to work with you at the moment. My budget just won't allow for it. It may open up the opportunity for you to say, well, look, if we put this on a payment plan, you know, you can open up the opportunity to have a number of different conversations and if at the end of it you realize that there is no really meeting in the middle if you will then they may not necessarily be an ideal client or they may need to go away and and shuffle some of the the budget and and budgeting and then come back at a later stage one of the things that we said that we were going to and I know we've touched on this you know price sends signals to clients one of the things that often can happen when we have those conversations and we may be attracting the wrong type of clients who are really more focused on price rather than value is that we can tend to want to discount. We can tend to want to put so much in that it really does devalue. And one of the things that you've said is price sends signals to clients, signals of quality and signals of inferiority. What are some of the blazing signals of inferiority that you would say to services, businesses, stop doing this because it really is not doing you or your ideal clients any service? Well, first of all, um, I never negotiate price. Mm-hmm. Now you can negotiate the, the service offering relative, uh, wrapped around a price, yeah. but I don't negotiate price. And, um, you know, I, th- I think one thing you really have to think about is as a, first of all, think about yourself as a consumer. Have you ever walked in to a store or, or, or just seen a, uh, some sales come on and thought that's too good to be true? Well, see, that's what clients may be thinking about what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And they're turning you down because they think what you're proposing is just too good to be true. Mm. And boy, that's a sad way to lose business. Um, Because that's somebody that they really want to pay you more, but they don't understand that you're going to deliver tons of value. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, I think it's important to think about how we propose our services as well. So mm-hmm. I uh, think, yes, there are different clients willing to pay different price points for all our services. So we we need to give people options. There, there yeah. are power, there's power in options. Uh, I think the magic number is three. 
it's it's a good, better, best kind of formula. Yes. You know, offering our services in packages, um, you know, I think is 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 really a good good way to look at it. You know, say you know a silver, gold, platinum kind of kind of model where uh, you know we've got a, a, a slim down version for folks that are really really price sensitive, mm-hmm. um, and then we've got what I call the velvet rope version: people that want everything that you're willing to give them and they're willing to pay for that and they're willing to pay for access and uh, they're willing to pay a high price for that. Mm. And, and so I, you know, and then of course there's that middle ground that most people end up in. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think just offering options is a really powerful way to um, help identify clients and where they segment and then also to increase your overall pricing. Yeah, I like that. And I think with the different services and having different inclusions is something that as a service-based business owner, we can do. It's unlike if you're creating a table, well, we can reduce the price, but you'll only have three legs for that table. We, you know, they obviously don't have the option to do that. We do. When you're presenting that, I know everything can is very much around pre- presenting, and I've heard and I've loved your feedback on that. You know, sometimes when you offer your packages, start off with the most expensive and work the way down, or the other way around. Is it important how we present that um, even before we get to that? Oh, well, that's expensive. Like, do we first mention maybe our higher end package and then wait for the response and say, well, we do have another couple of options. Or what? What would you say has been the best way overall? Well, I, I'm a I'm a big, you know, I I don't have as much patience maybe with folks that call up uh, and say, you know, how how much are your rates? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, first of all, I don't have rates. You know, I don't price by the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, those that person's generally identified themselves as a tire kicker and a price shopper, and mm-hmm. um, you know, so I don't have a lot of patience with that. One one. One uh, of my colleagues that I thought had a really good answer for that, that maybe is a, a nicer way to, to respond is to say, you know, um, my services can cost up to $5 million, but, you know, I've got a whole lot of options below that. So <laughs> maybe we may take the million dollar option. <laughs> that's right. So, so how about we have a conversation, you know, I mean, and, and often, you know, that will elicit a reaction just like yours where people yeah. laugh. And mm-hmm. that's what you, you know, I've always heard if people laugh, you got them right. So, yeah. so then it opens the door to a deeper conversation because mm-hmm. you don't really want to go quoting prices until you understand what that client's issues are, what, yeah. what they value and whether they're even a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. I remember years ago when I first started my business, John, it was in the career industry and helping people write resumes. And it, uh, in the first few years, uh, I hadn't really learned, but then I did some courses through some incredible uh, career coaches in the US and it really ramped up my um, my abilities and my results for clients. They would often be able to know, negotiate higher salaries because the document positioned the value they offered the company. So when people would ring up, you know, how much do you charge? Um, um, and then, then we'd get into the, pro- oh, I can get it for $25 at the local, you know, secretarial service. And right. I said, well, go ahead because you're just wanting mm-hmm. a typing service. Um, right. But if you want to double your salary or, you know, go for that higher level role, you come back and see me. And you have to have that level of confidence, don't you? And obviously what you're delivering, but when you do, just step into it because of the fact you know that you really can help clients. 
Well, one some of the behavioral economic studies, I mean, I get into little uh, wonky stuff like this. So some of the behavioral economic studies that I've um, come across over the years, uh, it's about 25 to 30% of, of customers for any given product or service mm. are cheapskates. Yeah. It causes them physical pain to spend the money. Mm-hmm. So the point of all that is, uh, a couple things is that one is if you're converting 90% of the folks that come to your door, then your price is too low right there. Right. I mean, you, what that stat tells you is, is that you should have a rejection rate of at least 25 or 30% mm-hmm. because those are folks that are really not good fits for you that are, pro- that are priced so price sensitive that they'll drive you nuts. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, I think it's really, that's one of the questions I'm always asking in a discovery call with a client mm-hmm. is, you know, what are you converting? What's the percentage? Yeah. yeah. Such a good indicator. John, mm-hmm. we could spend so much more time uh, speaking to this. And it's one of those things that you may know the different strategies, but it's 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 getting out there and having those conversations, reminding yourself of the value that through your expertise, knowledge, and all of those un um, you know, things that are not written on paper and certificate certificates on the wall but the experience that you uh, you know bring to that relationship that makes a you know the most impact so we have just scratched the surface today for people who really are struggling around the whole pricing how do I put that together so I can really position my thought leadership expertise and as a value-added for my clients how are they get in contact with you what's the best way for them to do that so I've got a memorable um, website URL, your price is too low.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's a great way to get uh, connected with me. Uh, read, you know, a little bit of my, of my, uh, some of the stories I share. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you can also email me J Ray, J R A Y at Ray business advisors.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a great way to, to uh, connect with me as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your expertise. It's so valuable. And you know what? This kind of um, conversation that we're having today, as you're up-leveling your business, as you're up-leveling, you have to go through the whole lot again, don't you? Kind of thinking, okay, do I feel a challenge with this? So it's certainly something to come back and remind yourself of as you're growing your business, increasing the value, because every year you add more value to clients and, and then you need, you know, your your pricing needs to reflect that too. And before long, I'm, I'm imagining that all of your higher-level clients are recommending you to their associates and like-minded people hang out with like-minded people. You find that that happens, don't you? Because you you start your name starts to travel in circles that uh, the high-quality clients will come and see seek you out. For for sure, and and I, I've had people that that say, "Hey, I've read your stuff, and I didn't even know they were looking at it." Right. So yeah, yeah I, th- there's no question about that. And and uh, and 
And, and hey, Anne-Marie, you're a great example of that. I mean, you know, you're the podcast queen. I mean, I love your work and, and uh, you know, I'm just an amateur in what I do there in that on that front relative to you. And so you, you're a great example of that. So it's oh, been an honor you. to be with you. Thank you. Oh, look, it's my pleasure. And uh, one of the, the greatest things that I love about my work, and I tell this to other business owners who are integrating a podcast, you will learn when you seek out the best guests who, who are really experts in oh, their yeah. field and leading the way, it's continuous learning and every interview that you have you'll deepen you know that's my version of reading hanging out with yes. awesome people such as yourself John and, and learning from uh, your expertise so the honor is uh, mutual and I'm, I'm thanking you for the time that you've spent and sharing your wisdom and I certainly recommend everyone who's watching listening the recording as well to uh, to go and check out John connect with him on LinkedIn that is how I um, came across you John and, and I yeah. you, you're sharing great content there as well and uh, let them know that you found John through the show and uh, connect with him there too. Thanks once again for coming on the show, John. Awesome. Thanks again, Anne-Marie. Take care.